5: Welcome in. It is prime time action here on VCN and MSG Plus. I'm Jeff Parles in for Gil Alexander, Adam Candy in for Matt Brown, Ben Wilson in for Kelly Bidlin, Danielle Alvari is unreplaceable. Can't do it. Can't we? Can't, can't do it. it, it unre- it's not here. She's not un- here. here. Un- 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 unreplaceable. What do we to tell you. So uh, we'll, Danielle will be back with us on Monday. So uh, we'll have someone that at least can give give you some winners on the desk
4: again on Monday, Adam. That young lady is now 10-0 and 0 on first inning bets over her last two days. Uh, I don't know about you, but it's a lot better than me. I, w- I can tell you I'm not 10-0. I can tell you that for sure uh,
5: there, Adam. Uh, a few games starting in this 8 o'clock Eastern hour uh, as we uh, wait for Chris Felico who will be with us in about five minutes time here to talk some college football, the bear, of course, from college game day, Uh, Adam, the white Sox and the twins, a game, actually the only bet between the two of us tonight, uh, pre-flop tonight between the, uh, the, uh, the twins and the white Sox cease and Pineda, your pitching matchup. I went over nine in this one, just the thinking, I know the weather is now looking like it may not cooperate for me. This is just a bet against Dylan cease and a bet on the Chicago White Sox offense uh, to score some runs tonight against Michael Pineda. And as you said, the at bats that have and plate appearances that have been had between the people, players in the lineup for both teams against these pitchers.
4: A FIP of over six combined. It's a reasonable history when you're looking at how much background we have, right? Individually, I'm generally looking for at least 20 or 25 plate appearances. Mm -hmm. But here, you've got 107 plate appearances for the White Sox against Pineda. 94 for the Twins against Cease. You have enough history here to make some inferences. 624 fielding independent percentage for Dylan Cease, 598 fielding independent percentage for Michael Pineda. And if you're not familiar with FIP, basically think about it this way. It's ERA with the fielding taken out of the equation. And so the official score is not a factor. You're trying to limit it to what do we make of this starting pitcher?
5: So I'm on the over nine on the Twins and the White Sox. Adam taking the day off, a well-deserved day off from betting after he got Dunning the last night.
4: I I, I got double-D'd. Dane Dunning uh, came down on top of me. Uh, two and a half strikeouts. Couldn't quite get there. His first time all year that he didn't make it on that one. But, you know, the, the greater lesson than that, Jeff, quite honestly, is that that one was such a hit that I decided, you know what, I just need a day to recalibrate and make sure that I'm not steaming and that I'm not going to go out there and try to chase after it and see if I can get, make it back.
5: Look, discipline is a, is a crucial thing. In betting and good on you for having discipline and not just turning it into a complete tilt, Adam Candy.
4: No, no well done. No, no tilt to be had straight up and down right here. Right. <laughs> Let's go to the other game that's about to start in
5: Houston. Lance McCullers, Eli Morgan. It has been a rough go for Mr. Morgan so far in his early portion of his uh, MLB career. And it's dictated in the line tonight at DraftKings. The Astros, a minus 265 favorite. Cleveland, again, if you, if you want to take the dog tonight, team that is over 500, even though they are fading at plus 215 at DraftKings. You can also get plus 220
4: out there as well, Adam. And that game is actually just now uh, getting underway. I mean, the, the flip side of it uh, against Morgan, Lance McCullers really has not been the Lance McCullers that we're used to seeing for the Houston Astros. Uh, for me, uh, with the way the prices are in on this one, I'll probably stay away from it uh, entirely. The one other game starting in this 8 o'clock Eastern hour. In uh,
5: the gateway to the West, the Cardinals, who uh, their bullpen, uh, bullpen bitted last night in the ninth inning, uh, blowing, uh, blowing a big lead, losing seven to six uh, against the Cubs last night. The Cardinals with Adam Wainwright tonight against Hendricks for Chicago. Kind of surprised the Cardinals have seen the money today. Minus 132 on St. Louis, uh, plus 122 on the take back for the Cubs in a total of eight.
4: You, know, you have to look a little deeper on Kyle Hendricks because- was the early part of the season was a disaster yes. for Kyle Hendricks. His first three or four starts are still holding his ERA in a range of four, but Kyle Hendricks, and the control artist that we're used to seeing for the last months of this season, on the flip side, hey, Adam, right, credit. Uh, there aren't too many baseball players close age to me, and guys out in a rent season for the Cardinals, including getting striking out, uh, I would pass entirely with this pitching matchup, but uh, I'm surprised, like you, that the money's on the cards.
5: I, I considered taking a little bit of the Cubs' first five today, but inevitably stayed off just because Wainwright has pitched very well of late as well. It is primetime action here on v and msg plus i'm jeff parles adam candy alongside ben wilson is here as well again easy to get us on the tweets at vson live at jeff parles for me at adam candy and at ben underscore wilson underscore one again we found out that's because ben wilson was a spectacular volleyball player in high school that's why the one is there adam
4: that's yeah the big news there he actually uh he actually bought it off the other ben wilson one who thought he was going to be the superstar and turns out it was really him (laughs) <laughs> Very so,
6: impressive. It was a 30 for 30 made on, you know, on me. Just why not? me.
5: Why not? So uh, let's bring in the bear. Chris Felica with us right now. College game day, daily wager over at ESPN. Chris, before we get into the ACC, and uh, because I don't want to butcher DJ's last name, and I'll let Adam and, uh, ask the question uh, there. Uh, what are you making the news today uh, out of the, uh, out of, uh, the Houston Chronicle uh, that Texas and Oklahoma have at least inquired a little bit about a potential move to the Southeastern Conference?
2: Well, there sure weren't a whole lot of no's or denials when asked about the uh, the report from Oklahoma and Texas, which makes you believe that there is something to it. And, and I, I just don't get it from the SEC point of view. I'm not a fan of all this realignment to begin with. So you're going to, you're going to expand to 16 teams. So you have half the league that doesn't face each other. And and if you are a middle to lower part of the uh, team of the sec, why would you want Texas and Oklahoma in the league? You're just going to knock yourself down uh, another level. So I, I don't get it. I mean, they're going to need 11, 11 yeses. And you know AM and you know Missouri, you're definitely going to be hard nosed. So uh, we'll, we'll see if this goes through. I, I mean, other, I just don't get why the SEC will be looking to them right now. I, I honestly don't.
5: Well, uh, Adam Candy's going to make me ask uh, ask the question and see if I can pronounce you this right. You talked a big game yeah, on the no, break I, and saying well, that
4: you were going to pronounce DJ's name correctly. No, so do it.
5: Uh, so uh, DJ Uyunglele now. All right. at There for Clemson, Uh, of course, Trevor Lawrence goes number one. Uh, Yeah, I'm proud of myself. I actually got that right. I had to to write it out phonetically and everything. But, uh, uh, Chris, uh, uh, Clemson is obviously a massive betting favorite to win Mm -hmm. the ACC. So, I'll I'll ask you a two-parter here. First off, how good can DJ be right out of the gate? Obviously, you saw him play very well in the few starts he made last year when Trevor Lawrence had COVID. And is there any path you see for Clemson not winning the ACC yet again?
2: Well, to answer the second part of the question first, uh, yes, the the path would be losing to North Carolina in the ACC championship game. That would be the path. Uh, and to getting back to the first part of the question, I, I think Leon Galele is going to be uh, very good. I, I think he might be seen uh, as more of a power type runner uh, at times. in so much of the Clemson offense, I think is going to hinge on does Justin Ross come back and really getting some improvements from some of the, uh, the wide receiver play. Because I think if you look at Clemson, the last couple of years, he, he may not have been like the, the most exciting player in the world or the highly touted recruit uh, like Justin Gata and some of the other guys that Clemson has on the roster, but they really seem to have missed that Hunter Renfrew, throw slot type receiver in their offense. So many of their pass plays have been just very, very deep throws. And, and it's great when you have Trevor Lawrence. So we'll see uh, if it's going to work for, for, for DJ and crew. Uh, I think the Clemson defense ultimately is going to be great. Uh, people have been asking me about playing the win total at 11 and a half. And I've been answering them like this. Uh, if you can get Clemson over 11 and a half at plus money, which which I believe is is what they are, the only game I think during the regular season they can lose is Georgia. So right off the bat, I, I think you got yourself kind of a, a a little bit of a scalp situation where you take Clemson plus money to go over 11 and a half. you take Georgia on the money line, and, uh, they're going to be about, what, four, four-and-a-half point dog a game? Mm-hmm. So you, you're kind of, I think, locking yourself up a little bit of profit there because if Clemson doesn't lose to Georgia, I just don't see where the loss is coming during the year.
4: You mentioned that North Carolina team, Chris, and I think the question is we know what we're going to get, hopefully, out of Sam Howell after what we saw the second half of last season, but of course, so much skill lost around him uh, offensively. How much do you think he can elevate what he has around him, and does he even need to with the recruiting class that Mac Brown brought in? Yeah.
2: Yeah, I I think there is being way too much made of all of these losses from North Carolina. Now, look, look, the the running backs were great and the receivers were great. But I'll tell you what, the team that we saw on the field uh, in the Orange Bowl against Texas A&M, that was pretty damn good. And Mm -hmm. I think people forget that uh, like that Corrales was was their number three wide receiver in nineteen. He missed all last year. Josh Downs is going to be a star. Uh, Ty Chandler transferring in at running back is basically a starting running back. Uh, their entire offensive line is back. Uh, you, you got you got Duck Hodges and, and, and Grimes in the secondary. Like, like the only game that they potentially are going to be an underdog game is at Notre Dame, and even maybe by that point in the year, uh, depending on how things go, uh, they'll be favored. I, I love North Carolina this year, uh, and it, I, I actually played Sam Howell uh, to win the Heisman Trophy uh, because I think the two go hand-in-hand. Hand. You can get either play North Carolina to win the ACC at plus, what, 700 or whatever they are, or you can take Howell at basically double the price to win the Heisman. Because I think if North Carolina goes 12-1 and or 13-0, beats Clemson and wins the ACC, Sam Howell's going to win the Heisman Trophy. So I, I think that was a little interesting way to to potentially play North Carolina winning the ACC is by taking a a howl to win the Heisman Prize.
5: I already, I, I Chris, I, I, this is music to my ears. I, I took a Sam Howell. Uh, ticket right. to win the Heisman earlier in the summer as well, just in the same process. And look, uh, they obviously will have Miami on their schedule as well, being in division yeah. there in the game at Notre Dame. Uh, look, uh, it's Sam Howland 14 to one, Chris. Uh, like you said, I think that's a pretty good number, especially again, uh, the, the only guys in front of him Are we really buying that JT Daniels is actually better than Sam Howland is going into the season anyway? It's still a little bit unknown with Bryce Young. Obviously, DJ and Rattler are, are, are the two biggest competitors that, there for Sam Howell.
2: Yeah, and you, you, mean, you mentioned Miami. Uh, North Carolina is better than Miami. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, uh, they lose a lot of the, the guys that we talked about. But Miami, best position unit last year was their defensive line, and you have to replace three guys that got drafted. Uh, all the talk about Miami potentially coming back and running title, that's great. North Carolina has passed that uh, with talent on the field, recruiting class. And I think we, uh, the coaching staff that now has North Carolina. So it, it made me to say a little bit as Miami lot, but North Carolina is certainly the best team. In the
4: Chris, I want to go down the board a little bit as we look at some of the win totals here in this conference and talk a little bit about Florida State, because uh, you know the, the faces are going to look quite a bit different uh, this year. For Florida State uh, do we think that Milton has anything left in the tank uh, after what he's gone through
2: that, that, that's the million-dollar question I, I think the the college football uh, fantasizers and fanatics and dreamers uh, and fans like we all are certainly hope that he does uh, because it would be a great story for him to transfer and, and, and get a get a shot at a power school at Florida State uh, in Norvell's offense which I think he could do uh, some, some great things but um, I think Florida State as a whole. I, I think last year is is obviously a complete throwout. Um, the defense was terrible. Uh, the season really. I don't think you can say they saved the season, but but knowing what you have uh, with, with Travis now, a quarterback, at least they have something to to build on from this year. But the schedule is is not good uh, at all. You, you get a. You get the, in the other division, you, you, you draw the toughest opponents. And, uh, that, that's a bad thing. You got Florida in the non conference. You got Notre Dame in the non conference. So, I mean, you, you're, you're, you're staring basically four losses right there. So, uh, I, I think p- people in Tallahassee are going to have to be patient. I think the win total for the Seminoles is probably right where it is. And, and I think if you look at the, uh, uh, the over there, a little extra juice on the over at five and a half to kind of bait you to play, uh, Plays as far as state's going to be a six and 16 this year. And uh, I'd be careful there. If I had to play anyway on the Knolls, there, uh, I would, I would play the under at plus money.
5: Chris Felica with us right now here on prime time action, of course, the bear from college game day. And of course you find him across ESPN's platforms, Chris, there's a quartet of teams at DraftKings that have seven as their win total. The juices is all over the place on some of these, uh, the plus money overs are Louisville and Virginia tech. The, Laying a price overs are Boston College and Pitt. Uh, Pitt, you're laying $1.25. Boston College, you're laying almost $1. forty. Which of those four teams that has that seven-win total do you think will be the best of the bunch? The
2: best of the bunch? I, I would say BC is probably the best of the bunch because I think with Djokovic, at quarterback, and, and some of the players that they have now, uh in his second season as a head coach, I think think BC probably will be the best of the bunch. I think I think of the teams with the ceiling, I think Virginia Tech probably has the best ceiling based on the offensive line that they have and how they kind of. Uh, played well late in the year last year. Uh, the team I am least confident about there, and the the, the over-under uh, that I am most confident about there, is the under with Louisville. And I, I see that is juiced uh, pretty good to the under at seven, but there's a big difference between six and a half and seven. Because they're not going to be an eight and four type team, I think seven and five is their ceiling. But more likely, uh, they're they're a six and six type team. And I know a lot of people are maybe writing uh, last year's season off due to uh, the, the turnovers and how that really affected them. But I think there's. Uh, it goes a little bit deeper there. Uh, I, I think what happened at the end of the Bobby Petrino era was so bad. A, a lot of guys got run out by Satterfield and that was great. And, and maybe the COVID year and the turnovers did have something to do with it, but Satterfield kind of hunting for jobs out there in the off season. Just, I, I, I don't think the, the environment and the culture there right now is good. And, and you look, you look at their schedule, you have UCF Ole Miss and Kentucky as non-conference games and, and they're not they're probably not going to be favored in any of those games. Uh, BC and NC, we mentioned, and NC State should be better. Um, what's the offense going to look like? Is Malik Cunningham the, the guy? Uh, no, and Hawkins, no Well, Atwell, no Des Fitzpatrick. Like, like, I, I don't see this Louisville team uh, getting to eight wins for sure, and I don't even think they're going to get to seven.
4: The one team that we didn't really dive deep in there on is actually the one I have the question about for you, uh, Chris, and it's Pitt. Uh at seven, I mean look, we're we're talking about you've got the three toughest teams in the conference on your schedule. Yes, the non con is not the most challenging that you're gonna see, but is this defense enough for Pitt to get over seven? Because I still have my questions about Kenny Pickett in the yeah. offense.
2: Yeah, I, I do, too, and, and fortunately, Kenny Pickle will have a little bit more consistency now uh, on the coaching staff because he's had so much turnover uh, in, in that quarterback and offensive coordinator role lately, so it'll be good that he has a bit of consistency there, but but you're right. Ultimately, it's going to come down to Pat Nardisi and some of the decision-making that they make during the game about deciding to uh, kick a field goal on fourth and two uh, down six points in the in the fourth quarter, so it's, it's like... Uh, those type of things, and that non-conference game against Tennessee early in the year is a big one. I think if they go to to Knoxville and win, and I certainly I don't expect much from the Vols this year at all. I think that's certainly a winnable game. But, but, but you're right, Pitt is always one of those teams where they're going to beat somebody that they shouldn't, and then they're going to lose to Duke. So <laughs> that, that I would be very I would be very hesitant in, in going over the seven wins for Pitt. But 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 they they're not going to be a fun team to play for anybody.
5: Chris Felica with us right now here on primetime Action talking ACC football. Uh, let's let, let's bring up New York's team because of course we're on in New York on MSG Plus. Uh, Syracuse uh, three and a half, obviously uh, a, a, a rough year expected for the Orange. Chris, uh, the juice is on the under at the low total of three and a half. Is there any way Syracuse can sneak over uh, that three and a half win total and get someone some plus money?
2: I don't think so and and what I like even more is the the under one and a half ACC win total mm-hmm. that they posted at South Point I, I just don't know who they're beating in the ACC. the offensive line is terrible uh, the, the defense is, is atrocious uh they had the one great year uh, uh, under Dino but but that's it after that it's been just bad football all around I mean, the, all, the, the games you could argue, that they could win are all away. Florida State's on the road, Virginia Tech's on the road, Louisville's on the road, NC State's on the road. So, like, those are the games and teams that they potentially could beat. And they're with fans back and home field advantage. Like, are they going to go on the road and beat any of those teams? No. So, basically, you're going to have to beat two of three Pitt, Wake, and BC at the dome in order to go over one and a half acc wins so uh, being that they have such a weak non conference i think they have like like main and holy cross or something like that as, as non-conference opponents that makes that three and a half a little bit uh less because maybe they could sneak four wins if they go three in the non-conference and then one and seven in the aCC so i, I like that under one and a half acc wins a lot more than the traditional win total
4: left here chris and I'll a little broader question just in general, uh, who is the team that you feel like you hire on nationally, just the AC and the rest of the uh, market out there?
2: I think Oregon. Um, and I know people do like that. twelve, People assume USC is a team to beat in the PAC 12 and that Oregon doesn't have a quarterback. And, and did uh, you just see the way Oregon got manhandled by Iowa state in the, in the Fiesta ball last year. But, I think they're going to be fine a quarterback with Brown. Joe Moorhead has a ton of weapons to work with on the offensive side of the ball. The entire offensive line is basically back, uh, with, with the exception of, of, of um, uh, Penny Sewell, who got drafted very highly. You, you've got running backs back. You, you, and what makes Oregon di- – all of the wide receivers are back, and what makes Oregon different, is they have Tavon Thibodeau on defense and they have Sewell's little brother on defense, two impact playmakers. They've recruited really well, and I think people are just assuming they're going to lose at Ohio State, but even if they do, they're going to be favored in every other game in the Pac-12, and I think they're going to have a really good chance to potentially go uh, 12-1 and make a uh, noise and a claim to the playoff. He's
5: Chris Felica, Chris Felica. You can get him on the tweets, at his name, ask at Chris Felica, the Bear from College Game Day, of course, and Daily Wager as well on ESPN. Chris, thanks for being with us tonight. You got
2: it. Anytime, guys. Have a great night.
5: You as well, Chris. Uh, When we get back, Adam, uh, we'll get some updates on what's going on on the Diamond across Major League Baseball. That's next here on v Sin and MSG Plus on Primetime Action.
2: Yeah, I, yeah.
1: Because you gotta think, Love he's it. gonna guard. He don't care about guarding. He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's gonna guard. And then on I'm top of it,
7: like that, see that,
1: ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Casella. Point game. I remember you came to my room crying tears. <laughs> crying. I mean, he was in a culture shock, and he's going to withdraws about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, gee, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? he didn't need it. Ain't <laughs> <Nick?"> <laughs>
5: Sign up for the DraftKings Sportsbook now and get a deposit bonus up to $1,000. Simply download the app, sign up with the code VSIN, that's V-S-I-N, and get started with the only top-rated sportsbook that matters, DraftKings. You can bet on it. If you or someone has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER, or in Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full terms and conditions we're here on primetime action on msg plus and v i'm jeff Parles. he's adam candy ben wilson is here as well uh ben let's uh, let, let's dive back into what's going on across major league baseball today and so far in a game that adam and i thought would be a pretty sound over in the first five look at the phillies bullpen so far with three and a third scoreless ben wilson
6: yeah, up to minus 370 now on the on the live line. They got to Asher Wojciechowski early, 2 nothing lead for the Phils. We saw the Gene Segura solo homer. We talked about that. Bryce Harper, RBI double. So, 2-0, fourth inning. Like I said, minus 370 on Philadelphia. Yankees now plus 260 live. Your live total is at 7.5. The Nationals were able to just tie it up against the Marlins. So, 1-1 there in the fifth inning. Minus 195. The Nets back to a big in game favorite, Miami, at plus 155. Your total six and a half over minus 140. Still the big underdog Red Sox tonight, despite uh, having a Pretty healthy divisional lead on the Blue Jays are up 3-1 now. Fifth inning, minus 220 live. Blue Jays were about a $2 favorite coming into this game with Robbie Ray on the bump. Plus 170 now the Blue Jays are live. Nine and a half is your in-game total. Tigers and Rangers currently sit 3-2 in the fifth. Tigers up to minus three fifteen live favorites with Texas plus 239 and a half is your in-game total. Again, Padres and Braves, we've been waiting for that to resume. It is still in a rain delay, second game of a seven-inning uh, doubleheader. So, uh, hold your horses on uh, on that one. By the way, Twins-White Sox, some of these games, have just started at the top of uh, this 8 o'clock Eastern hour. Twins-White Sox, nothing, nothing in the second. Jeff, uh, needing some runs there. You're over nine bet. White Sox minus 160 live twins at plus 130 for what it's worth. The total is still uh, it is still nine on the live line. Indians Astros also scoreless second inning Astros minus 315. They were the largest favorites going off in this night slate. Indians plus 230 on the live line live total of seven and a half. And the Cubs and Cardinals just underway in the first St. Louis minus 175 live Cubs. Plus 145. Your live total is currently sitting uh, at seven and a half. I'm having so much fun watching this uh, Seattle Kraken expansion draft. We just <laughs> we just saw a moment ago. Uh, Jared McCann was a selection, and, and it came via a thrown uh, salmon across the Pike Place Market. So oh, they're very nice. They're pulling out all the stops in Seattle. They, right
5: I now. saw they had the big inflatable octopus, or I guess technically the big inflatable Kraken. Uh, there, there in the, uh, the sound up yeah. there in Seattle. So uh, I right, look, uh, we will get to some hockey in a little bit, but Adam, as Ben was updating uh, multiple home runs in games involving AL East teams,
4: that is accurate. Uh, we have what about six weeks left until labor day, mm-hmm. but it is labor day in New York because Torres has homered for the third time in the last five games. Look, for as much as has gone wrong with the New York Yankees this year, uh, seeing Glaber Torres come back around might be enough of a sign for the Yankees to believe they could get into that wild card race because add him to what Gary Sanchez has done, hopefully get Aaron Judge back before too long. I am making the optimist case for a team that I don't think is ultimately making the playoffs. But it is 2-1 Phillies over the Yankees in the bottom of the fourth inning. Phillies were short favorites in that game. Michael Chavis for the Red Sox, who's been injured for a fair uh, portion of the season, Chavis with his second of the year. It is now four-one Boston over Toronto up in Buffalo. We, we
5: pro- Adam just in hindsight twenty twenty of course, but the Red Sox being that big of an underdog probably should have set off some alarm bells. Of all right, even though we know Garrett Richards isn't any good and Robbie w- Ray is pitching at a pretty high level. It
4: probably was worth a, a small bet at least, Adam. Hey, uh, you know, run run the tape back, buddy. Run the tape back. <laughs> I was on it. I was on it from the jump. It's just that I am on a uh, yeah, I'm you, on a no bet Wednesday. You're on a no bet Wednesday. It's a no bet Wednesday uh, again. Yeah.
5: Again, uh, uh, Adam Candy, uh, Andy, uh, Adam uh, got done in by. Mr. Dunning. I got done. I got done
4: done. Yeah. yeah I, I got a little done done last night, <laughs> which makes me Dun done betting for tonight.
5: Yeah. Well, uh, which means Adam's coming back with about 12 tomorrow night. Right. Is that how that works?
4: Oh yeah. Oh, it's, it's just going to be spraying it across the board and seeing <laughs> what we can come up with. Oh, that'll be uh that'll
5: be a lot of fun there tomorrow. When we get back here on primetime action, Ben Wilson mentioned it. We're going to, we actually are going to know the roster for the Seattle Kraken by the night's end and the Kraken have odds that are really short because of what happened a few years back with the Vegas Golden Knights. Look at early odds for the Stanley Cup final champion who's going to raise the cup in 2022. We discuss it next here on Primetime Action on v and MSG+. The VSIN football betting guides are coming soon, and there is no better way to prepare for the college and pro football seasons. Our experts provide profiles on every team and with advanced stats and power ratings, plus, best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. Each guide is only $20, and discounts are available when you buy both. Now is the time to reserve your copy or sign up for VSIN All Access and get everything we do for the entire football season. That's vcin.com slash subscribe for the betting guides and vcin all access. It is primetime Time Action here on MSG Plus and vcin, the sports betting network. I'm Jeff Parles in for Gil Alexander. He is Adam Candy. Ben Wilson is here as well. Again, a lot of fun up in the Pacific Northwest tonight. The Seattle Kraken. We are finally knowing their roster. They were officially added as Team 32 a little over a month ago with the final payment to the league that the ownership group had to do. And uh, we have actually, again, some of these are were reported through the day. Most of these have actually already happened. Uh, but, Adam, the futures market is where the interesting thing is. And here's the roster as of right now for the Seattle Kraken expansion. Really, the big name that you have to look at is from the Florida Panthers, which is kind of like other than – Mark andre Fleury for Vegas a few years ago, of course, came from Pittsburgh. Jonathan Marcheseau was the biggest skater that came over uh, from uh, during the Vegas expansion draft. And, if, if, of course, he was a Florida Panther beforehand. Now Chris Dreiger going more than likely going to be the number one goalie for the Seattle Kraken
4: moving forward. And the other pieces I would point to here are Mark Giordano, who is the captain of the Calgary flames, $7 million a year guy, still plenty left in the tank for Giordano, a guy they're going to end up building around. Jonas Donskoy is a solid middle six forward, uh, for Colorado was effective for them, uh, throughout the last couple of years after coming over from San Jose, uh, There's some game in in Jamie Alexiak as well from Dallas. Adam Larson is a veteran who will add to them on the blue line. And as you mentioned with Drieger, look, I mean, look, Chris Drieger comes over after a season that by any measure was absolutely outstanding uh, for Florida. And, you know, look, this is going to be a competitive roster. It's not going to be a great roster, Um, but we learned with Vegas that the market is going to now look to what happened with Vegas and say, well, could this happen again with Seattle, Jeff? And and it, it's going to be hard.
5: Right. And and there, there are other ones as well. Uh, the other the other page, the rest of the league, uh, Yanni Gord is the name that will stand out, of course, had a great postseason in route uh, for Tampa Bay, winning their second consecutive cup. Jared McCann, who was traded not too long ago up to Toronto to stay. With the Maple Leafs, not very long, no shock there. Uh, Jordan Eberle, who was a key cog to the Islanders' success these last two years. So, again, uh, a a roster that has some pieces, but, Adam, as we look at the futures market, uh, a little bit out of control here uh, with the Kraken because of what happened in VGK's first season where they managed to make the Stanley Cup final only to lose to the Capitals in The cup final, uh, the Kraken, not on the board that you see on our screen, they are only 40 to 1 to win the cup right now at DraftKings, and that is wildly short. The Avalanche, your, your current favorites, uh, at 6 to 1, the defend- the two time defending cup champion, Lightning, at 7 to 1, VGK, the Golden Knights, at plus 850. Adam,
4: and so let's talk about where we are, right? Uh, we still have to. No Still free agency. Right? No free agency, no draft. We really just ended the season a few weeks ago. And so you talk about the Seattle Kraken, I get that you're not going to put them up on the board at 200 to one, right? But when you look at where they are here, they're with the jets and the stars two very good defensive teams that have two world-class goaltenders uh, going for them in Connor Hellebuck. And uh, frankly, if Ben Bishop is healthy, or if you have Hudobin uh, in goal for the stars. So I would rather have either of those. Uh, frankly, I'd rather have the Predators with uh, with what UC Saros did mm-hmm. down the stretch for Nashville. Now the Pecorine is out of the way there. So uh, again, it, there's no reason to bet on the Seattle Kraken right now. Not at that number for sure. Um, Are they a better team than everybody else behind them on that list? Absolutely not. Uh, In terms of who I would take a look at before we get into free agency, uh, keep an eye on that number on the New York Islanders at 20 to one. Uh, this team made its way deep, deep into the final four of the playoffs last year without its captain. Anders Lee Mm -hmm. was not available to them. Uh, They were injured up and down that roster and Barry Trotz continues to get more out of his teams than just about any coach in the NHL. So of what we see up on the board right now, that is the one that jumps out to me as some value.
5: Adam, they, they, again, final four back-to-back years, and you brought it up, Anders Lee, Got hurt early in the postseason, unable to play, uh, past a few games in that Pittsburgh series where the Islanders won and six. And look, uh, losing Eberly is obviously not great, but look, you're going to have to lose someone from this uh, in this expansion draft. And the Islanders decided to keep the quarterbuck Martin Zizekas line intact instead of uh, uh, the their line with Eberly Uh, And Bailey, who was even unprotected in this uh, expansion draft. But uh, Jordan Eberle, the pick from the Islanders for the Seattle Kraken. Just looking at the board here, I really would love to take a shot on the Florida Panthers. But uh, the Bobrovsky contract is such an albatross at this point. And we saw it in the postseason. that, That his contract is bloated. He's not good anymore. And Spencer Knight, who... Basically, made uh, his first NHL appearance in the postseason. Should be the number one goaltender moving forward there in Florida. But the problem is when you have a and we saw it here in Vegas, and it worked for VGK this year. When you have a guy on a bloated contract like that, and all the years that Bobrovsky has left, it's going to be hard for Quenville and company not to play Bobrovsky, and then until he's unplayable, go to Knight, which should be the opposite where Knight's the number one guy right
4: away. Well, and and looking that whole range where you are there, Jeffrey, you're looking at the Panthers at uh, twenty two to one. There are major questions with the Minnesota Wild because we do not know if Kirill Kaprizov is coming back, if this threat of going home to Russia is real. Uh, The Penguins, I I get it. For as long as they have the core they have, people are going to value them. And yet, I don't trust their goaltending at (laughs) all. Uh, And so where else do you go on that board? All right. We saw with the Avalanche that... They clearly can be beaten. That was a full-strength team. They have to solve the Gabe Landisgog situation uh, before you could trust them. The Lightning are going to have cap issues, and they just lost their third-line center. And this Golden Knights team has roster construction problems that became very clear in both of the last two postseasons. So I don't trust any of the favorites at the top of the board right now. Well, and
5: as you look a little further down, Carolina... Can't really trust them because of their questions in net. The Bruins are aging and really only have one line. And the Toronto Maple Leafs are the Toronto Maple Leafs. That is the best description I can give them sitting at 14 to 1. When we get back here on Primetime Action, Adam and I and Ben are going to look at the AFC North. A lot of Cleveland Browns love from me coming. Just warning you there, Adam Candy. That's next here on Primetime Action on MSG Plus and V10.
2: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: Are you VIP material? DraftKings VIPs enjoy exclusive benefits, enhanced promotional offers, top-tier customer sur- support and service, access to personalized contests, and more. Visit vsyncom slash vcin to learn more. Plus, everyone can download the DraftKings Sports app now, and new customers can get up to $1,000 as a sign-up bonus. Sign up with promo code vSIN to claim your exclusive offer. If you or someone uh, you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER, or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. That's one uh, 800 with it in Indiana. Must be 21 or older. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. It is Primetime Action. I'm Jeff Parles. He's Adam Candy. Ben Wilson here as well. Let's go to the AFC North, Adam. We did the AFC East. We did the AFC West so far this week. And now we go to the north, and as you see on your screen in the second here at uh, Veasan and MSG Plus, the Baltimore Ravens, who remember did not win this division a year ago, the betting favorites to win the AFC North at plus one fifteen at DraftKings, the Browns at plus one fifty off their playoff appearance and actually winning a playoff game for the first time in the reincarnation of the franchise the Steelers the defending divisional champions plus 450 and then the Bengals at 25 to one to win the division Adam I'll let you I'll let you pick here where do where do you want to start in this AFC North
4: well let's start with Last year's 11-0 darlings, the yes. Pittsburgh Steelers. Sure, I'm good with that. Um, because I, I have a feeling we're going to fall in a similar place on a couple of these teams, and this is one of them. Uh, ben Roethlisberger shows up at camp looking like he's given up uh, cheeseburgers and beer. Uh, great. Who's he throwing to? Um, <laughs> Najee Harris is a first-round pick. Super duper. First round running backs tend to work out pretty darn well. Look, it wasn't an 11-0 team last year. I think they're appropriately priced at plus 450. I could not possibly take an over uh, on this team. Uh, I know they're getting some pieces back on defense. I know this defense can probably carry them in some games. But to rely on defense as a predictive metric has been shown recently, especially that You can't do it. It is not repeatable. Defense is not repeatable year to year the way that offense is. And this Pittsburgh team was brutal offensively for much of the year last year. Not as brutal as they were the year before with the Duck Hodges, Mason Rudolph combination in there. But at the same time, Jeff, um, 12 and five felt like a best case scenario for this team. I, again, I didn't think they were going to be particularly good last year.
5: And they started off 11-0, and and then Washington beat them in that COVID-delayed game on the Monday afternoon, evening, whatever time it was in Pittsburgh. And then the, the bottom fell out. And it was a quick drop to going from, oh my goodness, the Pittsburgh Steelers might make the Super Bowl to, oh, the Steelers may not even win a playoff game. And of course, what happened, they were down twenty-eight nothing before you could even blink against the Cleveland Browns. And you look at Pittsburgh's schedule, Adam, look, you get... A reasonable draw of the first five weeks of the season. Week one at Buffalo, they're a six-and-a-half-point dog. They should be. I think they're going to get drilled by the Bills week one. But the next four weeks, especially if Aaron Rodgers is not playing quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, they're going to be a favorite in those four games if Aaron Rodgers is not, a court, not playing for the Packers. If he's there, the Packers are probably going to be a touchdown favorite at Lambeau. But the opportunity for a good start for Pittsburgh is there. But, Adam, I hate that back end of the schedule starting in week 11 with the Chargers. I, I don't see it for Pittsburgh. I think their offense is going to stink. I think their offensive line is a bottom five offensive line in the NFL, and that is something that you never think about the Steelers. They've been a at offensive line for years, and their offensive line is a mess going into this season. And when you have all those offensive line holes and you draft a running back in the first round, what are we doing here if you're
4: Pittsburgh? I think this is an easy under on the eight and a half for me. I could make you a case without trying all that hard that 0-6 is not out of the question before the bye for this team. 0-6? Oh because of the way the matchups work, Raiders are a good offensive team. The right. Bengals, who knows? Maybe they have Joe Burrow. That's the one that's the most questionable of all of them. We don't, You have to go to Green Bay Look, I don't care if it's Jordan Love. That's going to be a tough game. Well, well and
5: also, too, we know the past history with Mike Tomlin teams. Even the good teams always have one loss on the road that makes absolutely no sense.
4: The Broncos, I told you yesterday how I you're feel about the Broncos. Them, yes. I think the Broncos are a team that could cause trouble. Look, do I think they're going 0-6 there? No, absolutely not. I think they're probably a 3-3 and team through that first six. But I don't see where you're getting to nine wins with this team to play the over. It's funny you mention that, Adam, because I was, you know, we are talking earlier about these MLB and NCAAs. Season, uh, to make the playoff odds how
6: you normally don't see these nfl it's a different case i mean after every week you're getting these reposted especially if you you know watch us on the east coast so i actually i kind of disagree with you on the first six weeks like i could see a four and two start here for pittsburgh because and i'm also down on seattle they get him at home in a sunday night game. You've got, we don't really know how Denver's going to look. I know you kind of made the case uh, for them looking a little bit better yesterday, but they're like, I see a road to four and two potentially for Pittsburgh. So they're minus 175 right now to miss the playoffs preseason. So that's one of those where, Jeff, you make. I think you and anybody looking at the schedule, it's hard, it's impossible to disagree with, with you guys on the, the back end here. So let's just say, I mean, you get off to a decent start. You get more like in the even money range for them on the on the playoff market. That's a bet I would happily make. I don't want I don't want any 100%. part of having to lay one seventy five because I'm I'm in agreement with you. But that's one of those where if you kind of can play the scheduling and futures market game here a little bit, I think that could be a really good good play right around week seven when they have to come out of that bye week at Cleveland. Look at look at
5: Ben Wilson with a really good point here because I'm just looking at I I I, I have the spreadsheet that has all. Green and red and yellow on it to pick all these games preseason, so I know uh, what an exact win total is. I have Pittsburgh starting five and four, Adam, and then finishing the season on a one and seven stretch. So, Ben's strategy, if it plays the way that I think it, it will for Pittsburgh, that would be a great strategy to employ.
4: There were three teams last year that, by pro football focus rankings, were in the bottom tier of offense, as Mm -hmm. in the bottom half of the league in offense, only three of them had a winning record. And I'm going to kind of use this to lead into our next point. Yeah. The Pittsburgh Steelers had the 28th ranked offense in football last year. That is not good. Um, You also have the Miami Dolphins. We talked about them as well. Neither of us a believer in that team. And then you have the Baltimore Ravens who went 12 and six. They are the betting favorite Mm -hmm. to win this division, and I get the feeling from the way you were talking about the Browns that you might not necessarily agree with that. So I I think Cleveland should be favored to win this division. Their roster is better at this point. And
5: the question for the Browns, we'll, we'll do Baltimore and Cleveland together here because they're both clearly playoff teams. For me, Adam, the Ravens, even in the bad years for John Harbaugh, when they've had competent quarterback play, they're in the playoffs. And Lamar Jackson, worst case scenario, is going to just be competent. So for me, you look at Baltimore. Did they do enough to help Lamar's passing game? I don't think they did. I don't think Rashad Bateman is an instant Uh, helper for that team. Sammy Watkins, I think, is on the wrong side of his career. I don't think they did enough to help Lamar Jackson out. Their defense is still really good. But Cleveland should be the betting favorite. Here's why, Adam. Their offense is an elite offense. And I don't know if it was as simple as putting an adult in the room as a a head coach with Kevin Stefanski there instead of Freddie Kitchens, who was completely and utterly clueless in his one season as the head man in Cleveland. But the big thing for the Browns, their schedule – Breaks down beautifully. Their hardest game of the season is week one. That is a really great draw. They're a a six-and-a-half-point dog at Kansas City. I'm not so certain that they won't waltz into Arrowhead Stadium and actually win that game uh, against the Chiefs. But after that, Adam, they are going to be a favorite in all likelihood in every game from week two through week 11 – The next game they'd probably be a dog is at Baltimore on a Sunday night in week 12. That is a great opportunity for them to rack up a ton of wins. And at a 10-and-a-half, especially if that's still the juice right now, at even money on a 10-and-a-half over, that is an automatic play for me on Cleveland's over. And I like them plus 140, plus 150 to win this division because of that elite offense and a defense
4: that had improved itself during the offseason. And let me make the contrary points of what I said about Pittsburgh to talk about this Cleveland defense just because you're bad one year doesn't mean you're going to be bad the next year Correct. because defense on the positive side is not necessarily repeatable. Defense on the negative side is not necessarily repeatable. And that's before you get to the additions that this team made, right? Just start with the secondary alone and going out and getting John Johnson and Troy Hill and adding them into a secondary that is going to have Denzel Ward leading it. Uh, I think Cleveland has done all the right things to put themselves into the discussion where you have one question. Can Baker Mayfield do this? Can he do this thing? I think he can. I think he can too. I think he can with the cast that he has around him. Um, now, 10 and a half, I agree with you. It's an over. The Cincinnati <laughs> Bengals 25 to one to win the division. No, I mean, let's not talk about no, that. No, six, no, no, and, so, six, six and a half six, on six and the and a win a
5: half, total. So, so here's, the, here's the problem with the Bengals. I don't know what Joe Burrow is going to be right away. That, look, when it's one thing if it was just one ligament went. The whole knee went last year in Washington or technically Landover, Maryland, when he got hurt. So to me, they're an, I can't bet them. Because if Burrow's healthy from the get-go, them finishing in third place is a realistic thing here, Adam. But if he's not healthy from the get-go, They have a bunch of winnable games early in the season. They could absolutely beat Minnesota week one at Burroughs, right? They could go on the road and beat Chicago in week two. All those games – Week one through six, except for Green Bay in week five, assuming Rodgers is there, all of those games are winnable for Cincinnati with a healthy Burrow, but I'm just not certain he's going to be ready right away. That's my concern with Cincinnati, and that's why there are no
4: play for me in any market before the year. And look, the defense is still terrible. They're they're, I mean, the like, old line you know, stinks, too. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, you had to make the choice between Chase and Sewell. I can't argue with what they did. I think I probably would have chosen Panay Sewell, but with Joe Burrow with those two receivers at the top, they could be fantastic.
5: By the way, for me. Order of finish here, Cleveland, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, and that's only because of the question marks with Joe Burrow. If I knew he was healthy right away, I'd have Pittsburgh in last place in this division. When we get back here on Primetime Action, our guy Wes Reynolds will join us next to preview the 3M Open on the PGA Tour, and look at the Olympics, starting already started in Tokyo next here on V-CIN and Primetime, on Primetime Action on MSG+.